Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. I am writing solo this week again. Um, Tony has been very busy the last 10 days, uh, planning a wedding, you know, helping people move, driving cross country, had a bachelor, bachelorette party. I mean, the guy's been all over the place. He's been Mr. Worldwide, at least on the East Coast. So, no worries. We are going to try to do a post-draft show come Saturday um, just to break down the first round and uh, sort of talk about some of the uh, headlines from the weekend. Um, and, you know, just talk about what we're going to talk about today, but uh, we're going to do it after instead of before. So since basically we're going to have the same list uh, today as what will actually happen in the draft because I'm actually giving you guys the answer key of everything that's going to happen. We'll be able to discuss it in better detail after it actually happens. So this whole show is just a mock draft and uh, just a quick overview of every player. It's not a bunch of stuff uh, that you haven't heard yet. So let's get right into it. First pick in the draft is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a scheme fit for every single team in the NFL. He's kind of a general manager's dream. If you're building a team, he's the guy you do it around. I think as a prospect coming out, he is the best one since Andrew Luck. Um, now, there are guys that some people would consider more talented. You're Justin Herbert, you're Josh Allen, you're Patrick Mahomes. But as far as a guy coming into the draft, he's the best one since Andrew Luck. He's the most pro-ready. He is... Everything, high IQ, perfect size, can run. I mean, he has elite physical gifts. I think the guy is absolutely like a unicorn. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. He's going to be the first pick in this draft and would be the first pick in 99% of any other drafts. Second pick is going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson's very Aaron Rodgers-like. He's 6'3", a little skinny, 210 pounds, um, good athleticism, you know, can make throws, weird arm angles, uh, kind of does his stuff in chaos, um, really good anticipation thrower. But the thing with him is, I mentioned it already, he's a little slim. And also, he played really well when his level of competition wasn't that high uh, because of COVID. He started staying in his own conference and played his own his own, you know, region as opposed to playing your LSUs, your Alabamas, your, I mean, even for him being out there, I mean, even your USC's, your Washington. So I think like somebody like him, and also let's be honest, he's going to the Jets. So, you know, given their track record, Mark Sanchez and um, Sam Darnold, they're not exactly, you know, killing it in the, uh, in the quarterback game. So we'll see. Um, I think later in the draft, they have the 23rd pick. I could see him taking somebody like Travis Etienne to sort of a pair with him. I mean, considering that their quarterback, uh, their, excuse me, the running back earlier this, oh my goodness, get talk. Try it again. Your, their running back uh, last season was Frank Gore, who is my age and I'm 37. Uh, the fact that guy's still in the NFL is impressive, but again, not a very effective player and definitely need to upgrade the running back position because Le'Veon Bell was a wash. Too. So um, I could see them taking uh, a running back to pair with him at 23, but could be a good pick. New regime, you know, new coaching staff. Um, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see what he does, but he definitely needs to bulk up a little bit. 210 pounds is uh, a little slight for uh, for a quarterback. And, uh, you know, you're playing in the division with Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, and Doug Mc... Excuse me, Doug McDermott. Oh, my God. Um, Sean McDermott, and they're all defensive-minded guys, and they all give young quarterbacks fits. So I think it's going to be a little tough for him, at least this year and possibly next. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Could be a special talent. And, you know, again, he's being compared to Aaron Rodgers. I think that's way too high of praise for any human being. But, you know, if he's even 75% as good as Aaron Rodgers, then maybe the Jets will actually uh, win more than half their games. Next pick. This is the pick that everybody's sort of talking about. This is the San Francisco 49er pick, the pick that they traded up to get. The pick that I have been widely critical of, but I've actually come around on it. I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to do what uh, everybody says they're going to do, and they are going to pick Mac Jones. Um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. He is really smart. He's a great anticipation thrower. They keep saying he's quick-minded. Um, he has average arm strength, but that doesn't necessarily matter, I think, when you play in San Francisco and you play out west. Um, it will for those road games or if he has to play a, you know, an east uh, northeast team or a Midwest team in the playoffs. But as of right now, I don't think it's really that big of a problem. Also, the lack of athleticism people are a little nervous about, but I actually think Kyle Shanahan will do a really good job of putting him in the right positions to succeed. And I think you got, you basically just need somebody that's going to get the ball out to the guys in space. And I think that Mac Jones is probably the best at doing that. And everyone's big thing with him is, and again, I am being the biggest hypocrite in the world right now because I was really hard on Kyle Shanahan. I actually still think he's very overrated, but um I think that Kyle Shanahan will do a good job of doing what Mac Jones does best, and that is throwing to wide open receivers, which is all he did at Alabama last year is just throw to wide open receivers. Apparently, he's really good at that, and I think that Kyle Shanahan will scheme up the offense, and he will be able to do that at a very, very high level in the NFL with those receivers. Fourth pick. Uh, this one I don't see getting traded. I don't know if – I don't know if you – I don't know if you pass up on a guy like Kyle Pitts at four and, you know, and and do what? You move back and get who? Like, who are they going to get that's on Kyle Pitts' level? No bust potential. I mean, he's huge. He's, you know, he's a wide receiver. He's a tight end. He can block. He can do a lot of stuff. Like, I just don't understand, like, why – why Atlanta would want to trade this pick unless it was for like some kind of God offer where a team wanted to move up and get Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Like it, to me, it just makes more sense for Atlanta to stay put, get this guy, eventually trade Julio Jones, get him off your books and, you know, sort of start rebuilding the offense with Arthur Smith, who is an absolute genius. I think that, um, excuse me. I think that, uh, Passing on Kyle Pitts is something that'll haunt your nightmares. And I honestly think that they they won't. I think they're going to stay put and I think they're going to take Kyle Pitts. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals do what the Cincinnati Bengals do. And that is not address a huge problem for them, which is offensive tackle. And if anybody saw the picture of Joe Burrow's knee when they were unveiling the new uniforms, you would understand why they should be taking an offensive tackle. But I think they're going to go with Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. 
The last time him and Joe Burrow played together was 2019. And if anybody remembers that season, Jamar Chase had like 20 touchdowns and 1,800 yards with Joe Burrow throwing to him. And the single greatest offensive college football season I've ever seen by one team. I think that uh, I think they'll be really great together. Now, to be fair to the Bengals, they do still have Jonah Williams, who is a outstanding left tackle prospect coming out two years ago from Alabama. But, um, you know, I, I think you can never have enough for really good offensive linemen. And the Cincinnati Bengals didn't because poor, poor Joe Burrow was running for his life. They have Bobby Herbert on the, or excuse me, Bobby Hart on the interior, which I know as a Giants fan is not good. So I think that they do need to address it. Maybe they'll address it later in the draft. I know they don't ever trade out of their pick. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, they're going to stay right at five and they're going to pick at the top of the second round. And I actually think that's when they'll take somebody like Alex Leatherwood or um, Samuel Kosmi from, uh, I probably butchered his name from, I believe he's from Texas. I think they'll try to get somebody like that later in the draft. And, you know, hopefully that works out for them. But it, to me, I think that they're absolutely destined to take Jamar Chase just based on Joe Burrow's relationship with him. Number six, Jalen Waddle uh, going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Jalen Waddle is small, but he's not like Devontae Smith, who we're going to talk about a little later, small. He's 5'10, 182 pounds, super dynamic, but he worries me a little bit. I mean, is he is he Jerry Judy or is he or is he Henry Ruggs? I think I think he's more Ruggs, who is just a burner, who can just run really fast in a straight line, but I don't think he's even remotely close to the polished product that Jerry Judy is as far as a route runner. So I don't necessarily love the player picked here, but I think that Miami is going all in on Tua. And I think they're going to do that by getting playmakers and getting the ball in guys' hands that can make things happen. And actually sort of then the giant, again, we'll talk about this a little uh, on another show. I think, I would assume, but basically they're not They're The Dolphins are doing what the Giants are doing with Daniel Jones and what a lot of teams are kind of doing. They, the Bears did this with Mitch Trubisky. It's just like you have a lot of things going on in your offense and you need to make it work. And if you can't, then you're out of here type thing. I could actually see the Dolphins doing that this year um, by uh, putting an emphasis on the offense with uh, the addition of Jalen Waddle. Number seven, I actually think the Detroit Lions draft for Sean Slater here. He's a, uh, he is a uh, Midwestern guy, went to Northwestern. Uh, Detroit needs offensive line help. Um, they have Taylor Decker. They have um, Bragnow. I think like if you have Jared Goff, who is basically a cardboard cutout uh, at quarterback, he can't really move. I think if you have that guy and you actually are committed to him, you definitely need to protect him. And I think adding more offensive linemen uh, is really the answer for him. I think that if Detroit wants to be tough and bite kneecaps, then I think Rashawn Slater is going to be their guy out of Northwestern. Number eight, Panay Sewell, Oregon, left tackle. Uh, He is going to go to the Carolina Panthers. I should probably say the team name first, I'm realizing. But he's going to go to the Carolina Panthers basically because Sam Darnold needs somebody that's going to protect him. And uh, the Jets tried to do that with Makai Becton last year, but unfortunately – you know, there are four other people on the offensive line, and my guy packed in as big as he is, couldn't block them all. So uh Panay Sewell um will help Sam Darnold there. Um and Carolina's a really good offense. I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey, um, they have uh DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson still. Um, and I think 
their offense with Matt Rule and Joe Brady at the helm will do some fun things with Sam Darnold. I actually really like that trade for them. And I think, you know, I think a guy like Penny Sewell um, sort of opens the offense up more. And I know that's weird to say as an offensive lineman, it kind of gives you more versatility to, to, you know, run plays to his side as opposed to not being able to if they don't draft him. So I think Panay Sewell lands in Carolina, kind of a perfect fit. I would, if that, if this happens, I should say when this happens, because this is all is what's going to happen, right? So when this happens, I actually think this is going to be a great trade or a great pick, perfect uh, place for Panay Sewell to land. Number nine. Denver Broncos select Trey Lance from North Dakota State, a uh, project quarterback, you know, kind of in the Josh Allen size mold. Um, not overly accurate, but as Josh Allen demonstrated, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can improve on that. I don't know if anybody's going to improve like Josh Allen did, but, um, you know, he's, he's super mobile. He's super mobile. He's super quick. He's super fast. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, he is, Super smart by all accounts. Apparently, he ended up line calls in college too for the offensive line, which is kind of absurd. I don't think you hear a lot of that going on in the um, in the college ranks. And also, uh, he is, you know, has has the kind of arm that can that can hold up when you're at Kansas City late in the year or in Denver late in the year, and you know you need an arm to throw through that. And he's a guy. He's. I mean, is there a colder place on earth other than North or it? Uh, excuse me. Is there a cooler place in the country than North Dakota outside of like Buffalo? No. So I think he's going to do well in Denver with the elements. I, I really like, I really like this fit here. Denver is not overly, you know, desperate for a quarterback. I think they're the best roster. Uh, they have the best roster for a team that doesn't have a quarterback yet. Um, and I mean, their receiving court is absolutely stacked with Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, Tim Patrick came on last year uh, after Sutton went down. Um, they drafted uh, um, Hamler last year, I think. And Noah Fant is a really good um, is a really good tight end. And Melvin Ingram is also the running back for them, so their offense is pretty loaded. And Garrett Bowles is a left tackle actually came on last year. Finally, it took him a little while to click, but it did, and he was excellent last year. So. I, I really like this team, and obviously Denver's defense with Vic Fangio as the head coach is obviously you know above average and legit. Bradley Chubb, um, uh, Von Miller, uh, I I I think they got Kendall Fuller too, which is kind of a quietly underrated signing. Um, so I actually think like he's landing kind of in a perfect place for him. Um, and I mean, this might be my favorite pick of the draft, honestly, if this happens. So uh, Trey Lance to the Denver Broncos, number 10. So this is actually kind of interesting. I have the Dallas Cowboys drafting J.C. Horn. OK, so I've seen a lot of mocks and obviously Dallas needs a uh, somebody to replace Byron Jones, basically. Right. But here's the thing about J.C. Horn. So uh, J.C. Horn's um, dad is Joe Horn. Joe Horn played for the um, played for the New Orleans Saints. Mike McCarthy was with the New Orleans Saints uh, when Joe Horn was there. By, I heard today that they have a good relationship. I don't know if that's true. Um, J.C. Horn's uh, college coach, Will Muschamp, is best friends with Dan Quinn, who was the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think Dallas, as much as as many times they think Patrick Sertain mocked them, I think J.C. Horn is. 
is just it just seems like destiny like this this player is supposed to go to this team and i'm telling you right now as a giants fan i am so mad about this because jc horn is an absolute stud i mean if you look at what he did against uh, against prospects in this draft your your jamar chases your kyle pitts and the jerry judy's from last year i mean you just see like what he did against justin jefferson last year he absolutely locked every super high-end receiving tight end prospect down last year i think like jerry judy had the best stats against him and it was like six yards or six catches for 54 yards like this guy is an absolute stud he's big he's smart he's a you know on a roll he was on the freaking um he was on the honor roll for the last two years in college i mean he he in his in you know he hits which is which is what you want on a corner he's super physically super tall i think he's absolutely like the guy Dallas should take here um and uh i hate this pick as a giants fan which ought to lead you to believe that this is probably a good pick all right now on to my beloved giants at 11 i have them taking micah parsons right now and i'm not 100 percent sure if this is like me really wanting an elite linebacker for the giants for once since jesse armstead um in the early 2000s but mother of god please let's draft an impact defensive player we have enough receivers if the giants are going to address the offensive line which they just seem just destined not to then why not get a linebacker why not get micah parsons micah parsons is 6'2 245 can absolute fly um he played in his own scheme in college but i think with his athleticism i i really don't see him having any issues adjusting to patrick ram uh patrick ram's defense I think that this guy is absolutely the the probably the second or third best defensive player. A lot of people say the best, but I'm I'm a little higher on JC Horn, who went the pick before, obviously. Um, so I will say if the Giants take Micah Parsons, I will be grinning ear to ear like the fire guy. Uh, next pick, Philadelphia Eagles select Devontae Smith. So Devontae Smith. Tiny, 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 tiny guy. He's listed as 6'1", 175, but I actually think it came as 166. Um, or excuse me, he weighed in as 166. Uh, but that didn't really seem to matter. He won the Heisman Trophy as a wide receiver last year. I mean, he's just super productive. I think in a clever offense, and I'm not sure this is uh, that's the Eagles, I think in a clever offense, this guy can be really good. Now, the problem is, is his best comp is Marvin Harrison, right? So you want to do a high-low with the guy. High comp, Marvin Harrison. Low comp, Tavon Austin. Mid comp, probably closer to Sean Jackson. Now, here's the thing, though. As good as Deshaun Jackson has been, he's played He's played in the NFL since, what, 2008? He's played 16 games in that time twice. And Devontae Smith is skinnier than, than Deshaun Jackson. So, that being said... Uh, I do think Devontae Smith can make an impact, and I think pretty quick. He's just so polished at everything. The big problem with him, again, is how skinny he is. So <laughs> who knows in two years, maybe he'll throw on 15 pounds and you know get up to 180. But, I mean, you see it a lot of times with small-ish receivers. The only small receiver that doesn't seem to get hurt is uh, Tyree Kill because he's faster than everybody. But Odell Beckham's hurt. The aforementioned Deshaun Jackson is hurt a lot. I mean, there's smaller guys. They, they don't really hold up. But – you know, the Eagles got their guy. I don't think there's much bust potential with Devontae Smith. My only thing with him is if he's healthy and can stay healthy, I don't see a scenario in which he's not one of the most effective players in this draft. 
All right, 13th pick, uh, the San Diego Chargers select Elijah Vera Tucker um, from USC. Elijah Vera Tucker is a super versatile offensive lineman who can kind of slide anywhere. Um, he is kind of listed as an interior guy, but um, he played at left tackle this past season. He's super athletic. Uh, he's really good balance, and his body control is kind of on another level. Um he is kind of, I think he's projected as a left guard in the NFL, but it does serve to him that he did play left tackle and he played it really well. Um, but even still, Justin Herbert's the man, I would put him third, the third best young quarterback in the league. And I think last year he made some friggin' throws that are just like, jaw dropping again i go back to this one i probably mentioned this podcast like nine times but that throw he made rolling to his left against the jets my god the the san diego chart or whatever the hell they are the los angeles Chargers do not deserve a quarterback that good because they have like eight fans so absolutely doing everything in your power to protect justin herbert is is what you have to do. And I think they have no choice but to draft an offensive lineman. And I do believe that he is the best one left available just because of his versatility. He can play guarding, play tackle. Um, I think that uh, they will, you know, use him and use him properly. I actually like their head coach, the uh, former defensive coordinator of the Rams. Um, and I, I think like now the Chargers have had amazing quarterback luck. They went from Drew Brees, who who was still developing, and you know he never really got a fair shake his first you know his first you know five years in the league with the Chargers, and then they went to Phil Rivers. I actually think Justin Herbert is by far their best quarterback in their in their history, and I'm saying this very hyperbolically as uh, Justin or, uh, Justin Herbert is a rookie, but. I think protecting him at all costs is basically their one and only priority because I think he can make receivers better than they actually are. We sort of saw last year when Mike Williams was out, he was throwing to guys that were like undrafted. Obviously he had Keenan Allen, who's a stud, but like he was throwing all these undrafted guys. You know, I, I don't know. I just think the guy is absolutely incredible. He lost his tight end. And I don't think it'll even matter. I think Justin Herbert's just going to be good. It doesn't matter. So need to protect him. All right, uh, 14th pick, uh, the Minnesota Vikings take Jalen Phillips. Now, Jalen Phillips is an interesting prospect here. So Jalen Phillips is a – he's sort of uh, – he's a five-star recruit. I'll actually just read this profile thing because it's sort of uh, – his story is kind of crazy. So I want to say he was hit by a car and then, like, stopped playing football for a while. And I, I think he went to UCLA – yeah, I'm looking right here. He went to UCLA um, – Consensus five-star recruit, Miami Edge, Jalen Phillips, played his first two seasons at UCLA before transferring to Miami, where everything came together in 2020. He was a flash. He was flashy at UCLA, but played a modest amount of snaps across 11 games in two seasons. Ankle, wrist, and concussion limited his time on the field for USA before his move to Miami. His performance in 2020 was exactly what the Bruins thought they were getting out of the former prize recruit. Um, this all comes from... Uh... An analyst report, um, the last name is Marino from the draftnetwork.com. Anyway, um, yeah, they need an edge rusher, and they need an edge rusher bad. I think to at least a pair with Daniel Hunter, I think Mike Zimmer needs a guy like this, a, a big guy who can who can actually take some of the pressure off of Daniel Hunter. You see what they did with Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Um, they signed him to share up that uh, defensive line, and I think Jalen Phillips just sort of adds to that, I think, they are playing in a division with um, 
with Aaron Rodgers and their main concern as everyone's main concern in the entire NFC should be is to try to absolutely hit and disrupt Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. So I think with them playing him twice a year, I think that that getting the best edge rusher on the board, which by most accounts is Jalen Phillips um, is, is imperative. And listen to last week's show. Um, Brian talked a lot about Jalen Phillips and, and why he thinks he's going to be a good pro. So check out last week's episode. Um, next pick. And this is the pick I think that will make most bills fans want to vomit. Um, also jets fans and dolphins fans, Justin Fields, 15th pick to the new England Patriots quarterback from Iowa, or excuse me, I almost said Iowa State. My God. Justin Fields from Ohio State falls to the New England Patriots at 15. Um, this would actually be kind of amazing for the Patriots if this happened because Justin Fields is the, uh, you know, you, you thought about a year ago coming into this draft, Justin Fields would be the consensus second pick, second quarterback taken, and he's not. And this one, and I think a lot of, a lot of mock drafts I've read, Justin Fields is the fifth quarterback taken, and uh, and he goes to the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots get their guy. I think that this this makes a lot of sense. The Patriots need a guy. I mean, Cam Newton is not the answer, clearly. Um, whatever the hell else they were trying to do with quarterback before that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, the fact that they were talking about, oh, you know, it's between Cam and Jared Sinem. Cam skipping balls to receivers from 20 yards away was a significant upgrade of whatever the hell they saw out of Jared Sinem. So that's all I need to know about how bad Jared Sinem was. The fact that that was a real conversation is hilarious. And that's just Bill Belichick, just honey dick and everybody. And... Justin Field or Justin Fields going there is like you want to talk about not having to give up any assets and getting a a potential blue chip quarterback that fits a lot of what the new iteration of the Patriots offense is, which is a lot of movement, a lot of like inside the five QB keeps. Justin Fields super athletic, strong arm. I mean, just super productive in college, played the best, played the best um, competition in college. And this whole narrative about how he doesn't make second reads, he was the best second and third read quarterback in all of college football last year. So I thought that that was hilarious, that that was a thing. And I think like there's there's a couple things that scare people, which is, you know, the epilepsy thing. Um, He's got a weird throwing motion. uh, But does that. The epilepsy thing is is something. It's not much. It's very mild, and it's actually kind of scary for the kid. I feel bad for him. Um, but as a football player, like I, I just think if you can play, you can play. And I think I've seen so much out of Justin Fields that I know that guy can play. And I think if he falls to the Patriots, he could be end up being the second best quarterback from this draft. I'm so much higher on Justin Fields than it feels like everybody else is. I mean, maybe it's because I watched him play a lot, but I just think that guy is super productive. So I don't know. Justin Fields is the guy to me. I think that's uh, I think that's who the Patriots get with a 15th pick. I don't think they have the trade up to get him. I think he falls in their laps. I think they take him. And I think, you know, the next iteration of whatever the Patriots do, um, once they transition from Belichick to um, Josh McDaniels, I think Justin Fields will be the quarterback going forward. And... Last pick I'm doing is the Arizona Cardinals drafting Patrick Sertain the second from Alabama. Uh, Patrick Sertain uh, comes in and he actually replaces another Patrick and Patrick Peterson um, as the lockdown quarter. Patrick Peterson gave Arizona 10 amazing season. I think Patrick Sertain just slides right in there, does the same thing, shores up a, a back end of a defense um, that, 
you know, was absolutely smoked last year. I think Patrick Sertain is absolutely going to be a stud immediately. That's kind of how Nick Saban's, um, it's kind of how Nick Saban's uh, players work. Uh, Nick Saban is the best defensive back coach in the history of defensive backs. So uh, this guy is going to come into the NFL ready to play. Um, I think if there's any learning curve, it's going to be very small. He comes from uh, he comes from a dad who is who was excuse me a absolute beast lockdown excuse me uh, absolute beast lockdown corner for the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Um, Patrick Sertain, I think one, I want to say made like three or four pro bowls and was just an absolute stalwart on the outside. Um, and I think his son is going to be the same thing in the NFL. I think he's uh, a perfect fit in Arizona. I think that he is, um, you know, it's getting a guy as good as Patrick Sertain at 16 for them is fantastic. So, um, that's it for my mock draft. I mean, that's what I got. I'll go over them real quick. I'll I'll start at the start at the top and work my way back. Um, Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Mac Jones three, Kyle Pitts four, Jamar Chase five, Jalen Waddle six, Rashawn Slater seven, Penesol eight, Trey Lance nine, J.C. Horn ten, Michael Parsons eleven, Devontae Smith, uh, Elijah Bear Tucker, Jalen Phillips, Justin Fields, and Patrick Sertain. Um, all in order, I'm not anticipating a lot of trades. I think if there was a trade, I think there might be like a one or two spots. I think the the place most likely to get traded is Detroit at seven. I could see a team nervous that someone's going to get Justin Fields sort of making a panic trade and moving up to then or Trey Lance um up to seven if they if some team is desperate for a quarterback i think detroit and new england kind of have a relationship i think i could i think i oh my goodness i said this pat in the before i i said this before i i say i think a lot and i should i i really have to knock that off the patriots could move up to seven and and uh, grab a quarterback there i mean maybe they can come in kind of snipe trey lance from denver because i know new england and the broncos have had some have had a history so i could see them uh doing that but as it stands right now um detroit drafts Rashawn slater at seven and somehow jamar or excuse me justin fields falls to them at 15. so um that's it for the show follow me on instagram at bill what the hell's my instagram at under the hoodies do not follow at bill kegel uh at under the hoodies on twitter at under the hoodies and Facebook under the hoodies. Um, we'll be back probably this weekend uh, with Tony and we'll be doing a, a recap of the draft and just talking about some stories. I'm sorry. You have to listen to my, uh, my uh, droning on. And uh, if you have any, if you have any suggestions about how I can be better on this show, by all means, you know, just tell me, I don't care. I all criticism is good criticism. So uh just tell me. Um, and if you have any other suggestions for the show or questions you want answered, please feel free to ask them on, uh, you probably do it on Twitter, um, at Under the Hoodies. All right. I am Bill Kegel. We are presented by Back Sports Page. Follow us on all those social media things I, I said. Also follow Tony at Q's Waterboy. And um, again, we'll likely be back this weekend. We're going to try our best. Um, depends on, you know, schedules and, you know, matching up or whatever. But uh, also, do me a favor. Recommend this to a friend. If you know somebody who likes podcasts, just just have them listen to like one episode. And if they don't like it, then so what? Um, I think that was it. Okay. 
Yep. Follow us on all those social media things I said to you. And uh, thanks for listening.